0: Welcome to Beyond the Stacks, a podcast from Westlake Porter Public Library. On this show, we aim to spark your curiosity and take you beyond the stacks and inside all that the library has to offer. On this episode, our roving reporter, Linda Gandy, has an extended conversation with Steve Pettyjohn about the long-running history program here at the library, the World at War Forum. And um, what is your title pertaining
1: Everybody to... Everybody asks me that.
0: Well, pertaining to this uh, library. Are you a frequent speaker or...
1: I am. I. We were talking about this. This whole thing got started... What do you mean by this whole thing? I'm talking about the World at War Forum. Okay. Okay, which is a library program. Okay. okay. And uh, the Genesis, Andrew and I were coming back from a trip to Petersburg, Virginia. Virginia. As part of the Cleveland Civil War Roundtable program, they do field trips and speakers. And we were talking in the car, we had a six-hour drive, about wouldn't it be fun to do something about this, about World War II? And the more we talked, we decided you probably have to talk about World War I to, to make sense out of stuff that happened in World War II. And those conversations occurred during the summer of 2021. He thought it was worthwhile going forward. Andrew,
0: you meant? Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm the only civilian in the group because we kind of have a steering group that's uh, Chad Statler, who's the historian, Andrew, myself, and then Heather gets called in from time to time. And and we were looking at the calendar and looking at what would be the best way to get it started, and I suggested that December 7th would be the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. So, the Porter Room is so popular, we thought we might have a good turnout. I've
0: been here many times to cover things for cleveland.com. Okay,
1: and and it's hard to get. So, you know, we were looking and I said, well, let's try and get it for the exact date. And we did, but that kind of locked us into mainly Tuesday meetings uh, because that room is so popular, it gets gets filled up at other times. So, So
0: you're always a Tuesday, and you would have no way of knowing, but out of the whole week it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays that are my most flexible days. So really? thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so you started on December 7th of of
1: 2021. 2021. The subject was Pearl Harbor. Right. Which I have also been doing this whole program
0: for quite a while yeah, now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we
1: just did our we just ended our I guess second year or however you want to put it. Okay. And I got a friend of mine, again from the Civil War Roundtable, named Frank O'Grady to help with it. He was an intelligence officer when he was in the Air Force. So we kind of split it up. And, and one of the things we're trying to do with the group is get more involvement uh, and, and give people a chance to participate. So in the, in the presentations I've done, I've always tried to tag team with somebody and maybe get other people involved. Like,
0: you don't have to be a vet? No. Okay. No. You can just be a history buff who's just... just if,
1: if you're interested. Who's
0: just crazy about hearing about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. If you're just interested and you want to come out. I, I guess a couple of things I did that I considered for fun was I've always been kind of a nut about battleships, okay? And I've been on four, four of them that still survive. <sighs> So I did a presentation on battleships, and I got a friend of mine, uh, Jim Mann, who is a big war gamer, to bring in his miniature battleship game. And so we we let people from the audience participate. We had about I don't know twelve or fifteen people. You know, okay, you get the captain this battleship, and then we got some of the people out of his war game group to help coach him. And so they got to participate that way. Andrew did a presentation on best fighter planes of World War II, something like that. And as part of it, we had, um, he put up these poster paper, and he had a picture of the plane on it and some stats, and so he kind of did an overview, and then we told people, we gave them little stickers, vote for the ones you thought were the best. Well, it was really incredible what happened. Uh, We had people who uh when we did the question and answers and and, and asked for input you know there we had like three guys that were crazy about the p-38 and they were throwing all these statistics and specifications out and we had other people go for other planes and then we had a fellow who'd been a naval aviator in in world war ii you know, in vietnam but he started talking about he flew a fighter and he started talking about some things that he learned from the World War II guys that were still applicable. So I just gave him the microphone and said, go up and talk for a while and take, take questions, okay? So that was terrific. And
0: So what you're saying is doing these uh, World at War forums can attract some people who can be extremely valuable to the whole effort.
1: That's right, absolutely. Wow. So I, a year later, I did tanks. And again, we put the call out at prior meetings. You know, if you want to be involved, if you have anything to do with tanks, you know, let us know, we'll get you in. So a fellow called in and talked to Chad a couple days before and said, I've got all these tank models and I've been collecting and blah, blah, blah. We said, okay, so we'll set up a table, bring them in, you know, and you can talk. And then another guy came up the night of the meeting and said, I drove one in Vietnam. Can I talk about it? Yeah. So we got him involved and i had a client at a local company that makes armor plating for abrams tanks and i I conned him into coming in and doing 10 minutes on armor plate uh, and then I talked a little bit. Now we had people, you know, we did the same thing. We had the posters up so people could vote on what they thought was the best tank. And in that, you know, people were talking to each other and, you know, creating points and what have you. So I think those are maybe some of our better examples where we've tried to get folks involved. Uh, one of the fortunate things we've had is that uh, Frank O'Grady is also a Civil War and World War II reenactor. And his reenactment group is 101st Airborne, and we were able to get them to come in on the anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, they were here for uh, D-Day, which is you know June, okay, and then they came in uh, this September to talk about uh, Operation Market Garden, which was the big airdrop into Holland in September. So that's been fortunate because there's usually eight, nine, ten of them come in, they're in uniform, they bring their equipment with them, and they can talk about what everything did. And those, those are always big turnouts.
0: And what's fabulous about you grabbing these people to come and talk, to come and participate, is a lot of them are going and aren't well, gonna be around anymore, well, so you gotta grab them now.
1: We've talked about that, and yeah. that's interesting you should say that, because there's not very many World War II people left. Yeah. And we're, we're thinking about maybe we ought to expand up. We're, we're in the Cold War now. We just did the Kennedy assassination. Uh, judge Burt Griffin, who had written a book, and his colleague, uh, retired Judge Ellen Connolly, and uh, a fellow named Waite. Uh, they did kind of a panel discussion on it with the judge leading most of the discussion. We're probably going to do the Cuban Missile Crisis in October of 2024, so we're having we're, we're trying to look for people who can who can talk about that. I've got a few lined up, but we want to see uh, what other folks come in. So we'll probably start advertising that at our meetings and say, you know, if you were there, if there's something you know that you want to participate in, let us know.
0: I can only say that I was 14 on that day that uh, we <laughs> knew that Kennedy was saying. To the Russians, yeah, you know, you better turn around, yeah, and um, a, and I was in study hall, and there was a miserable tenth grader who, who was, yeah, he was just awful, and he kept turning around, whispering, saying, "Well, this is it, this is the end of our lives. The whole school's gonna blow up, and everything's scared the, you know, what out of me." And then on the bus home, and then the, the bus dropped, dropped us a couple of blocks, and the whole way there I kept looking up in the sky, you know, to thinking they were going to come. Isn't that something? Well,
1: you just gave away the fact that we're probably the same age. <laughs> <laughs> That's I went, okay. I went to a Halloween party thinking, you know, this may be it. The last know? one, yeah. 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 But, but I was going to say about, there's a couple points I wanted to make, uh, one about the generation of world war two when i did the battleship presentation there was this older gentleman in the front row and he was listening very intently and at one point and then at one point i said anybody here who's seen a battleship been on one he raised his hand he said well i saw the french battleship richelieu when i was in singapore in 1945 and i go what first of all i doubt if anybody else they knew there was a french battleship called richelieu and what was this guy doing in singapore so we talked uh, afterward and it turned out he had been a young boy and i want to say maybe he was 10 maybe 11 when world war ii broke out and he lived in what's now indonesia back then it was called the dutch east indies and his family had been there for apparently several generations so they were captured, he was interned, so you remember the movie, um, what was it, Empire of the Rising Sun or mm-hmm. something like that, where the little kid was in the POW mm-hmm. camp? That was him. Okay. And, I have to and, watch that again. Yeah, well, you need, well, I mean, he, he, that really, you know, he yeah. was that kid basically. Yeah. So we lined him up to speak in June and it was really great, lots of wonderful. Lots of wonderful, wonderful feedback from everybody about him. He just his name was John Zilstrom. John was wonderful, and uh, unfortunately. I was in Normandy at that time. Len gave me a as a birthday present last year a trip to Normandy. <laughs> so when he was doing his thing, I was I was on the Normandy beaches. He's a great example. Another another one would be Chris Howard, who uh, approached me and said, "I'd like to talk about Hurricane Forest." And I said, "Okay. Why do you want to talk about the Battle of Hurricane Forest? Well, my dad was in it, and he got injured, and it affected him the rest of his life. So I want to talk about that." So. Those are examples of, you know, hey, come on up, you got a story to tell. We we yes. figure there's there's three ways you can get involved. You can do a presentation, you could participate in a presentation, you could help bring something in to illustrate. I got a guy that wants to read a some letters from his grandfather when he was in France in World War One, but then he sent me his dad's his grandfather's picture. Well he was a Marine. Well in May we're doing a presentation on the marines at bellawood in world war one so I, i'm going to ask him to come back and read another letter that he wrote during that battle okay but but that's the kind of stuff we're trying to get to we do have i
0: have a feeling you have connections <laughs> Way outside of even these things you're talking
1: about. Well, I, you know, you know people, and then you know people, and if you well put yeah, the word like out, the we're looking we, for folks. You know, yeah. you you get stuff. I got to put a plug in for Judge William Vodrey, okay. who um, I know through the Cleveland Civil War Roundtable. Again, we lined him up to actually be our second speaker because I knew he was a good speaker, and he he was he has been our speaker in February since we started. Uh, the first time, because it was President's Month, I asked him to do, um, how about three presidents go to war? So looking at McKinley in the Spanish-American War, Wilson in World War One, FDR in World War Two, and how things had changed yeah. so much. So he did that, and he Excellent said, in return, I want to come back and talk about Truman and the bomb. Yeah. Oh, boy. So that was his second one. Yeah. So... Those are some of the things we've done that and, and you know, I was talking to Dan Zeiser who did the December uh, George Marshall thing and he had spent months getting ready for it. And we generally have to throw everybody out because the library closes and I, I said, Aww, We usually good. want to take a I, I walked up to him I said, Well, we'll take one more question. He said, I can take more, I'm having fun. I mean if you like history, you like this you like a chance to learn something, present it, engage with people, talk about it. Maybe and disagree. they will love it because they
0: came because they are history buffs.
1: Well, what we hope more people or an do
0: experience in their life
1: is what we saw, like at Pearl Harbor, especially, but but some of the others. There's a grandparent, a parent, and a child. Oh. So when we see three generations of a family come, we know we've done something. Oh, that's right. the truth.
0: Now, how often again are these? Uh,
1: uh, 10 months a year. We don't meet in July and August.
0: Okay, 10 months.
1: And it's usually on a Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month. Okay. Is when we usually do it. And okay. choosing that has bumped us up against right after Labor Day, right after New Year's. So we w- w- this year we're moving the one out to Wednesday. We did okay though. Um, in January? Yeah. And again, we're 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 we want to do Cuban Missile Crisis. I threw out the idea that with the, the large uh, Indian population around here, South Asia, whatever. Yeah. But the Indian Army in World War II played a huge role in the Allied victory. And it was, I had no idea. Well, I was afraid that's what a lot of How people How about say. that? It, it was all volunteer. It was the largest volunteer army in the world. There were over a million people in it. Uh, and they fought in Italy, North Africa, East Africa, they fought in India and Burma against the Japanese. I hope you
0: can publicize that ahead of time. Well, we, we so will. that the uh, but, but area we, India we, population well, will come. W-
1: what we're hoping is maybe some people will have had a, a grandfather, yeah. uh, you know, in the war. Actually, one of the the heroines of the French Resistance uh, was literally an Indian princess who had gone to school in England, and she also, you know, like all the elite back then, smoked many languages. And, she went to france a couple of times got captured by the gestapo was tortured to death and never revealed anything most people don't know that either so
0: now tell me about your background how did you get all this knowledge
1: i read a lot
0: uh, <laughs> i was
1: a history major in college but well, this was okay. in the 1960s yeah. and i thought i'd be what school did you go to indiana university uh-huh. and i thought i'd be going into the military because it was right at the height of the vietnam war so I enlisted and flunked the physical because I'd been in a motorcycle accident oh. and both of my legs were tore up. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the left one, the tibia, is basically titanium and the oh. right one's held together with all <laughs> kinds of funky stuff. Oh my goodness. So I ended up uh, in the insurance business because I needed a job. Of course. And uh, had a career in uh, insurance, healthcare, systems development, uh, and then went into consulting and uh, have been doing that off and on ever since. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But I have a library. My wife's a librarian. Mm-hmm. I have the library in the house. Mm-hmm. I have about 1,500 books, I think. Oh. I have over 300 on the Civil War alone, and I've got a bunch on World War II. And
0: where did this, um, this taste for history, and particularly wars, uh, where did that come from and when in your life?
1: When I was five. Oh. <laughs> My mom's dad, grandfather, Mm -hmm. had a library, and I think it's pretty pretty. pretty In his home? In his home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I pulled out a book on the Titanic. (gasps) Wow. That had been published in 1912. Titanic sinks in April. In the fall, both the U.S. Congress and the British Parliament held inquiries into what happened. Mm -hmm. And this book was one of those instant journalism things that was published like in December of 1912, so it had those two events, they, they could talk about it. You know, and the thing that got me as a five-year-old was the they, they had lots of drawings of what they thought happened. So my grandfather was reading the captions to me. And, and as I got a little older, when we'd go down to visit, we lived in Fort Wayne, he was in Albany, Indiana, and I started trying to read it, okay? I guess the reason for, well, one of the reasons for war is I also got some buttons off my great-great-grandfather's uniform. They wore in the Civil War, okay? And what I really got interested in is, if most people are really smart, how do things get so screwed up? There's no better example of that than war, where everything that can go wrong usually does and happen. So I got really fascinated by it and started reading. And uh, when I was 10 or 12, I saw a war game called Gettysburg. I actually got it from Santa for Christmas ah. okay. and played it to the point where the pieces were falling apart. Okay. <laughs> My daughter, by the way, is a war game expert. She works in a think tank. Um, well. <laughs> what
0: would you like to say to the people who will hear this podcast? I would like and, to
1: say, come out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what would you say to them is the value of these talks, the value?
1: Once you start to learn about history, you get a better understanding of the fact that what we face now didn't happen overnight, okay? And understanding how we get here just might help us get out of where we are now, all right? Wonderful. And the second thing I'd say is get involved. If there's something you really want to talk about, let us know. If there's something you want to know about. We're doing World War One because Chad passes out these little feedback sheets, and people mm-hmm. said we need to talk about World War One, and and I'm looking forward to that because World War One made the world that you and I grew up in. We're still seeing the ramifications of it, especially in the Middle East, oh, isn't that the truth? in in the Balkans, yeah, uh, all those things.
0: You must spend a lot of time, even at this point in your life, reading. Yeah. And so, are you? Are you still uh, um, an extreme library patron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I get a lot of my stuff friends of the library bookstore and book sale. Ah. ah. I'm a happy volunteer for all those events. Oh, and, that's uh, good. So a lot of the stuff in the library. My library's grown exponentially over the last 20 years because of once the friends moved into this facility and had their bookstore and then their book sale and could really do it uh, I, I was always picking up something.
0: Are you donating any books or do you are you hoarding them all? <laughs> well I hoard too many
1: according to my, my, my wife but yeah I, I, I recycle them and yeah. give, them, give them back. That's good um,
0: okay well I think we're just about out of time is there anything else that you want the people listening to this podcast uh, to know that is so important about history and especially about the wars, and they should come and hear.
1: Wars make a difference.
0: Sometimes big differences.
1: Yeah, I, I have a former high school classmate who I considered a friend then and now. He lives in Iowa now, but but he served in Vietnam, and he's become quite quite a pacifist. Okay, but and I disagree with him that. Uh, Wars make a difference, okay. and they do settle things.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for coming in to, well, thank you. to speak on this uh, podcast, and I think there's gonna be an awful lot of people who, after hearing this, are gonna come and wanna participate in some way.
1: Can I say one more thing? Sure. Uh, keep checking the library events for things that we're doing, in and in between now and June, the Battle of the North Atlantic in March. So, if you had a dad in the Navy or on a merchant marine, uh, April is going to be Korea. May is going to be the Marines in World War One. And June, we're going to talk about the Battle of Midway. So oh, wow. Don't miss those.
0: And the name of the whole thing is the World at War
1: World at War Forum.
0: Yeah, World at War Forum. Right. That makes me think of Walter Cronkite and that series that he had. Way Our back hero. When. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, my father made us kids sit down and always watch his his program because my father was um, on an aircraft carrier, you know, way back when, in World War II, the very end of World War II. Right. But, um, oh, I learned so much. And that's probably where my love of history came, was watching uh, Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You couldn't beat Walter Cronkite. No, No, that's the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're well on the way to being one like him and that's a good thing <laughs> well thank that's you. a compliment. thank, thank you. you steve surely appreciate you coming in. thanks for listening we hope to have sparked your curiosity to keep exploring something you heard today follow the links in the show notes to see the upcoming world at war forum events that steve mentioned we'll speak again shortly when we go beyond the stacks in our next episode